The Jets have somehow won and lost after their game versus the Rams. This is On The Rise Podcast, Season 2. Listen now on all major platforms as well as midtownradio.ca weekends at 10 a.m. Welcome your host, Sam Donzik and Evan Brown. Welcome to episode 40 of On The Rise Podcast. It's hot out of the oven. The Steelers and Rams both suffered terrible defeats to terrible teams this past week. The Rams handed the Jets their first win, uh, putting them now at a record of 1-13. and And the Steelers lost their third straight to the rival Cincinnati Bengals. Sam, what are your thoughts on these games, and uh, what is the long-term impact like for both these teams? Because these were pretty bad losses for both. It's really like, okay, if you, if you look at the Jets game and the Rams game, it's the definition of what you call a trap game. Like, you're the better team, you're 9-4, you're facing an undefeated team, you're at home, and you just come out and give a terrible performance on both sides of the ball. Jared Goff was inconsistent, as he always is. He was making bad decisions, like, throw, like that one interception where, like, it was a nice interception by the Jets player, one-handed. Um, and it's just, like, it's just, you look at that. I was so happy because they won, they lost, because it helps us Seahawks, because if they win this week now, the week 16, the Seahawks do, they'll clinch the division over the Rams, which I think is big. So I'm happy the Jets won. But as well, you got to feel bad for the Rams at the same point because it's like they just did it to themselves. They just did not have a good game. Um, they they did not come up with energy. They were like, okay, they're the Jets. We, you know, we can easily beat them. But I think what the Jets should have done is what the Seahawks did last week to them is they come out saying, okay, you know, this is, this is a trap game. We just have to go out there and demolish them, like put up like – 35 put up 25 points even if you beat him like 20 to 3 or 20 to 6 like the Browns did the Giants on Monday Night Football or uh, sorry yeah Sunday Night Football um sorry they did something like that then I think they would be feeling a little bit better but to lose only to three points isn't is, is bad enough um especially to a Jets team as well that just that just hasn't been great this year on the Steelers loss it's different because it's like you lose to a 2 and 10 team but you didn't lose by three points you lost by 10 you had a terrible first half your total, like their total offense was like, I believe 40, 40 yards on the first, in the first half, seven of their first eight drives were three and outs, I believe as well. Seven of the seven, it was like seven of the eight. So they only had one drive where they went, uh, they didn't go three and out and they ended up driving. And then also they had one drive that apparently lasted. It was 10 play. You no, know, it was, I believe it was like a 17 play drive that only picked up 10 yards somehow, which I don't even think how mathematically that makes sense, but because of penalties and other things as well, they probably could have lost a lot of yards. So these are like, these are just two teams that you just can't lose to the Bengals who are two and 10 who lost to, they lost to Ryan Finley, who is a third string backup uh, because Joe Burrow got injured. And then their secondary, their second string got, uh, got beat up. The Rams has lost to the worst team in football. So that's sad enough as well, but the long-term effect impact on both these as well is like, if you first look at the Rams game, this, this is huge implications because now you have five losses on the season. You now have to beat Seattle next week. If you want to stay close with them, if they lose next week, they're going to drop to nine and six. Um, and then they play the Cardinals the last week of the season, which is a tough game as well. So that you could see them going, I could see them possibly going nine and seven. They could finish 10 and six and second in the division. They'll have the five seed then, but they were, they were just, you know, one game away from clinching that division or close to leading that division. And then having a chance to clinch the division with the game, with the week, with a win over the Seahawks in week 16. Um, and as well for the Steelers, it's their third straight loss. It's two, there are two teams, there are two of the three losses are to teams that are just bad, like have, have bad records. They're not great teams. You lose to the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are a good football team. 
that's okay to lose them. But you lost by 10, and, you know, you were still the favorite team going into it. You know, you, regardless of who you're playing, um, you need to treat every opponent with the same amount of respect as, you know, if you're playing the Jets or playing the, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think it's the long-term impact on both of them is it just it's just mentally draining. And as well, it's, it's, it's big implications because now as well, if the Steelers lose this week to the Colts, they play the Browns the last week of the season, which is going to be for the division because the Browns are 10 and four. So let's say the Browns win next week, which they most likely will. I don't know who they're playing or not. If I, they might be playing the Ra- I know it. they're not playing the Ravens there to play them. Um, but as well, yeah, you can see who they're playing. But I think if you look at that, then it's like, okay, the Steelers clearly need to get out of a stump. Uh, slump. I think Juju seriously needs to stop dancing on logos because he's now 0-2 yes, since dancing on teams' logos or since, yeah, well, obviously he's won a lot of games. 0-3. 0-3, oh, yeah, 0-3, my bad, actually, and dancing on teams' logos in the last three weeks. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger is starting to show some age. Um, I think he's starting mm-hmm. to, with, with the injury as well, like obviously, and I think many people are talking about this as well, um, with it's like you can't have a guy who's 38 and who has a bent up like an an injuredist elbow like a, you know coming off a injury like elbow surgery to throw 44 times like they need to and obviously James Conner missing was a be, was a big loss but regardless you should still be able to beat the Bengals who are two ten and one did you find out who the Browns are playing or yes ironically they're playing the red hot New York Jets okay <laughs> the New York Jets. So if for oh. somehow reason the Jets win another game, which I obviously I don't think they want to as well, um, because they they want to be oh I don't think they, they do they, they just want to lose the next the next two games or anything they're going to keep, uh, that's going to be a big game as well. But it could be we could have a divisional fight for the last game of the season between the Browns and the Steelers, which originally the Steelers were eleven and zero and the Browns were I believe eight and four at one point. And we thought, okay, the Browns aren't going to, you know, be get another two. They got another two key key wins. Or no, actually, you know, they were nine and three at the time. So they were nine and three. The Steelers were 11 and 0. And I think that's important as well to think about. It. It's like, it's not how you start the, start the season. It's how you continue to finish the season. Because you may start 11 and 0. And we could very well see the Steelers finish 11 and 5, like many people have said. What are your thoughts on the game and kind of what what is the long-term impact on both of them? Well, I think... Um both games I mean like you said Juju has to stop jinxing his team and I think really I think the Steelers with all the injuries they've had it's not it's not entirely their fault for all the losses yes they have been playing uh, pretty bad but at the same time I mean like you said James Connors out uh, one of the most notable names on uh, on that list Juju hasn't been playing very well like the team as a whole has not been doing great but I think injuries is part of that fatigue is also part of that and I mean you could say they had easier schedule early on but they still were a very good team at the start of the season and I think this is just their steady decline into becoming the team that we all thought they were which is a good team but not like an undefeated team Uh, and as far as the Rams go um, this was a big loss for them because obviously yes you are embarrassed by losing to the only team with a win in football but also you, like you said, that makes next week's game against the Seahawks all the more important. I still am taking the Rams actually in that one. I think they will use this fire to war over the Seahawks just because they're going to. Uh, but uh, next week is going to be a lot more important for that division as far as um, that goes. And I think long-term, both dealers have to get back to what they what they were out of the season. They won't have any implications of doing well. I thought they were going to beat the Bengals. I thought everybody was going to have them bounce back against the Bengals, but they really didn't, and that was a huge loss. Um, and I think, yeah, the Rams have to finish, finish strong for the rest of the season, and they have to take that one next week against the Seahawks. 
Uh, and the only other thing I was going to say was um, with the Jets, uh, I mean, w- when they won that game, it actually really hurt them because, uh, and that's why we started off with the intro of how they won and lost because um, while they did win a game, they lost their position uh, to get uh, Trevor Lawrence number, uh, number one, uh, number one overall pick. But also now that the Bengals have won, I think that went odds went back up and ironic. Like, I think, I think Jacksonville is now, I, I don't know what Jacksonville's record is, but all three of those teams are around there. I mean, it just lessens the Ch- Jets chances, but at the same time, if you're the Jets, I don't think you wanted to go exactly 0 and 16. I think the fact that you got one win is just kind of, it's kind of fitting in a sense. Like you don't want to have an 0 and 16 season, even if you are tanking. And I think one in 15 at least looks a bit more respectable than 0 and 16, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, they still have a pretty good chance of the first overall pick, but I think it just looks better on them. It's good for them. that They got to win. I mean, they're not, they're obviously not a great team, but Hey, they got to win. They got it out of the way. And I mean, I think they're hoping to just kind of tank out the rest of the season, but at least one in 15 looks a lot better than the Owen 16 Browns that we saw a few years ago. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think the when you when you look at that loss, it's like for the for the for uh, the Jets, it's like okay, you lost a game, you won a game, but you also lost your chances or reduce your chances because I believe now Jacksonville does have the number one seed, uh, the number one pick because I think they're both one in twelve or one in thirteen at the at the. Uh, or, yeah, so oh, they're okay. both one in. Th- I believe they have the same record. I can just double check that for as well. Um, just see if I can. I believe they still have the same record. So with that as well, I think when you look at that, it's like, yeah, I think I would agree with you. You don't want to go 0 and 16 because it's just too bad. Yeah, they're both one and 13. Um, it's just, it's just um, like it's just draining. Like I think it was, it was 2017 when the Browns went 0 and 16, and there was a whole joke of like, oh, they're gonna have a parade for it, and it's like, and some one player, I think it was maybe Michael. Oh, not Michael. I'm a uh who's the like the joe thomas the left tackle he was like how can we be like why should we have a parade like we went 0-16 like it's terrible enough to lose a couple games but to not lose not to win one single game um in a season is just so mentally draining as a player because it's like you work and you work and you work and you do practice and you you come on sunday and you you go in front of fans you go in front of no fans and you just play the game that you supposedly love and you lose continually week after week it's tough for them mentally so i think that all they wanted is, is really just to get the number one over pick. They still have a strong chance. The Jaguars would need to win a game or win another game. Um, but it's, it's really, it's always interesting seeing. It's like, it's, it's always, there's always two races in the NFL. There's the race for the number one seed who are the teams who are play, like in the playoffs and the number one seed of who are the worst teams trying to get the best draft picks. Um, and it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There's a slew of quarterbacks as well available um, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, a number of different players that are going to be available that are going to, or a number of different quarterbacks available for teams that are desperately in need of quarterbacks. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens nonetheless. Alrighty, that wraps up this hot out of the oven regarding the Steelers and Rams both suffering bad losses at the hands of two very bad teams in the Jets and Cincinnati Bengals. Moving on into our NFL Week 15 recap, recapping the game of the week, really. Uh, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs beating the New Orleans Saints on Drew Brees' return from injury. Mahomes bounced back with three touchdowns and 254 passing yards. Uh, Alvin Kamara was only held to 54 yards. 
again on 11 carries with 4.9 yards per carry in the game. So, Sam, what were your thoughts on the game? And are the Chiefs right now the clear favorite to win Super Bowl 55? Um, starting with the thoughts of the game, I think it was a really good game. I think the Saints really – they were close. They were they stayed in it. They, they, they stayed in it as much as they possibly could with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a hard team to play against and stay with as well as score points. Uh, there was a great fourth quarter from the Saints. They outscored him by three points, but it just those three points were just – they outscored him by three, but they're also short by three. So just three more points, and it would have been a tied game. Overall thoughts, I think it was a, yeah, a really good game from both teams – um, there was mistakes. Yeah. Like as well, I think the biggest problem as well is that you didn't contain Mahomes enough. Um, you know, he had three touchdowns, 254 yards passing. They didn't contain uh, Tyree kill enough. Uh, Camara was only held to 54 yards on 11 carries, which is not, which is not, um, which is good for the Chiefs, but not good for the saints because you wanted him to have a big game. Drew Brees was okay for his first game back. Like he had three touchdowns through one costly interception. Um, but regardless, I think, uh, it was it was still a good game, and I think this, the cha- the Saints still have a really good chance. But I think now with this loss, uh, if the Seahawks continue to win and the Saints continue to lose, they could possibly see where now, like in, in the AFC, how the Bills have the number number two seat over the Steelers with the same record, at both eleven and three. Now the Seahawks and Saints both are ten and four. They haven't played this season, so I know I think the Saints have a better point differential, so that's why they're a little bit higher. They're still the two seat, but we could possibly see if the Seahawks continue to win their next two games and the Saints were to lose another game, we could see the Seahawks um, go to the number two seat. Obviously, this is just me fantasizing a fan. <laughs> Hopefully, that does happen. But I think if the Chiefs. I don't know. The Chiefs, the Chiefs really look like the most complete team out there. They're 13 and one now. Uh, they only lost one game against the Raiders, which they really should have won. They just had some key mistakes and they would have been undefeated and they would have been like, okay, they're clear favorites to win. So I think it's, it's clear and obvious that the Chiefs are favored to are favorited to win Super Bowl 55. Um, but I think there's going to be some great teams. I think the bills are going to definitely be a challenge in that AFC championship game. I think that would be a great, that's going to be a great game to see. I think that's what I'm seeing for the AFC championship game. The NFC is looking strong between the saints, I guess. Yeah. It didn't really, didn't you were close to beating them, but they're still the Packers. Um, the Seahawks worry me because it's like, yeah, they have a great offense, but they don't have any defense. And it's like, it's pretty much like if this, if the Chiefs and if the Chiefs and Seahawks were to play, it's pretty much like who can score more points and who can score more points quickly and who can more, who can hold onto the ball longer and just dr- kill more time. Because really, both teams have high scoring offenses. They don't have the greatest defenses. So really, um, if, if they were to face off, it would pretty much be, just be a scoring fest. Uh, it just, there would be no defense, which would be great for some fans because they love defense. They, they love scoring. They love lots of points. Other fans like a little bit of defense. And I'm kind of like one of those people that likes some good defensive stands, not a totally low scoring game. But I think I would say the Chiefs are a clear favorite to win Super Bowl 55. At least, oh, I think it's been it's been clear and obvious since they won last year. They're defending champions and they they have lived up to that name. They aren't suffering from Super Bowl hangover. Um and yeah, I think as well, when you look at the team that is suffering is the 49ers are suffering huge Super Bowl hangover um, with all the injuries this season and as well as just them struggling uh, this season. What are your thoughts on the whole game? And uh, do you think the Chiefs are favorite to win Super Bowl 55? I, uh, starting off, I do think the Chiefs are, uh, are the favorite to uh, win Super Bowl 55 right now. And you're right, the 49ers have kind of fallen off a cliff from their Super Bowl performance last year. I think they kind of surprised a few people when they did make it all the way to the Super Bowl last year, um, just because of the team they had. And then obviously the Chiefs going on to win that uh, last year. 
Uh, I do think the Chiefs are the favorite to win right now. I think they're clearly the best all-around team in the NFL. Uh, and I think my thoughts on the game overall, I was kind of surprised uh, that Mahomes bounced back as well as he did. Um, I mean, um, he continues to surprise us every single game. He is an outstanding player. So in a sense, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was also surprised. I was a bit surprised Kamara got held back again, but then again, the Chiefs do have a pretty solid defense. So that was a bit tough. And I think what surprised me the most was uh, the usage of Drew Brees. I was surprised he was used so much in this game. I Because what I was saying um, previously was, okay, you use him for like 75% of the game because there is no way Drew Brees is 100% right now. There is no way. And I mean, he looked really good in this game, surprisingly. Uh, for everything, all things considered, he looked like the Drew Brees we all know and love. But at the same time, I feel like they should have used him less. It was a very big risk putting him in, I think, this week, this early on, especially in a game where I think with or without Drew Brees, it would be tough for them to win against the Chiefs. I think I my entire thought process was you bring him back next week no matter what. But um, you at least got him in. He'll probably be ready for next week as long as there's no residual fatigue effect or uh, extra, extra pain that he is feeling. But I think – definitely this, uh, the Saints are glad to have him back, uh, even if it's not 100%, which I still don't think it is. Um, but uh, the Saints at least uh, look like they can try to keep competing at least for a bit down the stretch, despite all the injuries and despite Alvin Kamara not having a great, st- uh, a bit of a cold streak as of late. Um, and yeah, I think the Chiefs just, this was their game to lose and they didn't lose it. And I, and I don't know who the Chiefs play for the rest of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finish this one off 15 and one, uh, obviously getting that by and obviously just rolling straight through to the playoffs. And I, I, I am a hundred percent that they're the clear favorite to win Super Bowl 55 at this time. They play the Falcons next week and then the Chargers to end up the season. So it's definitely possible for them to, and they're both home games, I believe. So that's def. I'd say it's definitely possible for them to finish the season 15 and one, like the Carolina Panthers did as well. Do you think though, do you think that if they go 15 and one, they go all the way to the playoffs that there could be a team from the NFC that could upset them sort of like how the Broncos did to the 15 and one Carolina Panthers? Like, yeah, you know well, what I mean? Like, because they had the same record. They like, you know, Cam had an MVP season. Uh, and obviously there's two different teams. This is a much better Chiefs yeah. team in my mind compared to that yeah. 15-1 Panthers team. Like this is a team that's going to continue to win and win and win season. The, I think that's the, the the season, 2015 season that uh, Cam had back in 2015, I think it was that was like a one-off really with the Panthers. But I do like, do you think that's possible? Like the, I would say probably the Packers are would be my Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, I think first of all, uh, for the last two Chiefs matchups, even if they do start losing, then – both teams are going to blow the lead anyway, so it's fine, uh, considering it's the Falcons or the Chargers. But um, as far as the toughest matchup, I think it, the only tough matchup I think maybe would would be the Packers. I think of all the Chiefs opponents, I think, weirdly, the Bills, even before the Super Bowl, because uh, obviously it would be before the Super Bowl that they'd play the Bills. But um, I think the Bills could be their toughest matchup, really, at this time. Packers would be the toughest Super Bowl matchup. Um, but either way, I still think the Chiefs are the most dominant team in this league. I think they are the best all-around team. And 
I don't see another team that is as good as this Chiefs team, to be quite honest with you. Because usually in, in, in a typical season, you have a lot of solid teams that are all around the same records competing. Uh, and it's a usually pretty good debate, but I think this Chiefs team has proven at 15 and uh, pro- probably 15 and one at the end of the season that they are head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Uh, and I think that the Chiefs will take this Super Bowl. And I mean, I, I, I think the only team that could do that would be the Packers, but I don't think it would be likely if we saw a, a team like the Broncos come out because I think like you said this Chiefs team is much more complete than the Panthers with Cam Newton uh back in what was that 2014 2015 whichever year that year that was yeah yeah it was 2015 so yeah and the Bills one last thing before we go the Bills and Chiefs did play week six the Chiefs won they were both four and one at the time uh, the Chiefs ended up winning 26-17. So a close game, nine-point yeah. game. Uh, I think the Bills are that team that can keep it close. Um, I think they've gotten a lot better. And I think that that would be – that's well, obviously it's going to be a great matchup. And I think if that's the one team that can take down the Chiefs to go then to the Super Bowl, it, it would probably be the Bills, Bills yeah. Sure. All righty, that wraps up our NFL Week 15 recap. Recapping the game of the week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints. Moving on into some NBA predictions. We have our Christmas Day predictions for the Christmas Day game lineup for the NBA as it is starting tonight as of this recording. Uh, Most of the games are starting the day this goes up, but they have the two that we previewed last week. Uh, But for the Christmas Day predictions, we have our uh, the five games here. We're going to talk about just quickly who is winning each game, starting off with the New Orleans Pelicans starting off versus the Miami Heat in this one. I think this one is a pretty uh, clear-cut winner. I'm excited to see what the Pelicans can do with their young uh, young team this season, even though they did overpay for Brandon Ingram. Um, but I think the Miami Heat have a real good team that is very complete, and I don't think that the Pelicans would be able to stop this Miami Heat team. I'm picking the Heat in this one. What are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, I'm excited as well to see what the Pelicans do. I think they, the two teams did play in the preseason. I believe the Pelicans, obviously it's preseason, it's much differently. The starters don't really play, but regardless, we did see Zion Williamson have a little bit more extended minutes and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson both um, had good minutes. I don't know if that was against starters, if that was against just against second, like second string bench players, but regardless, uh, this can be an exciting matchup. I think it's probably... It's one of the matchups of the night, like for Christmas Day, one of the one of the good one of the better Christmas Day matchups. I'm taking the Miami Heat as well. Like they, they just came off a finals appearance. Um, they they retained most of their stars. I don't like they're just the better team. Um, I do I, I'm excited to see what the Pelicans do, can do this season as well and how far they'll go, how many teams they can challenge, how many teams they can sort of upset. Because as well, in this shortened season, it's ten less games, every game matters. So, and these games count, you know, Christmas day game counts for the regular season, just because it's on Christmas day doesn't mean it doesn't count. So these, this is another big game, but I'm taking the Miami. Yeah. Alrighty. Second matchup of the day, the finally starting to get a bit more healthy golden state warriors, sadly, obviously clay uh, missing our season, but getting Curry back for the start of this season versus the Milwaukee bucks and the newly signed Giannis on resigned Giannis on Tetacumpo. Uh, you go first, Sam. Who are you taking to this one? Because I think mine might be a bit of a shock to some people. Honestly, I was just going to say it as well. Um, I think I'm honestly take the Warriors because as much as the Milwaukee Bucks are a great team, 
I just don't think that they're going to match up against. Yeah, like like the Milwaukee Bucks. Really, they've got Giannis, but what else do they have? Yeah, they got Drew Holiday. Okay, Drew Holiday versus Steph Curry. Steph Curry wins. So if you shut down Giannis, Steph Curry takes it sticks. Steph Curry outperforms um, Drew Holiday. Then you're going to win the game, and I think it's it's evidently clear as well. I think the Warriors are going to take this one. It's a bit of a shocker as well, like you said as well. I don't know if you're picking them or not, but I thought that was your shocking pick. But I'm taking the Warriors to win this, uh, to, to take this dub and uh, to you know, have a Merry Christmas for them. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna, I was just going to say, I'm taking the Warriors in this one. Uh, I think Curry's going to have a – Curry's coming back with a vengeance this season, man. After after having an injury for most of last season, he has been working in the lab. There's no way he is not ready to just take this leap by storm once again. We have missed seeing Steph Curry highlights, I think, as a whole NBA community. Uh, I'm excited. I am I, – I think the Warriors will win this one, I think. Uh, Kelly Oubre and Draymond Green and probably more James Wiseman will probably get more of the honest guard uh, just because having the extra big man on there. I think uh, they'll try to continue as best they can. I still think Giannis is going to have a good good game, but I think the overall Warriors team will power past the Milwaukee Bucks in the end. It's going to be a close one no matter what, but I do think the Warriors will take this one, and I think Curry will outscore Giannis as well. Uh, all right, game number three, we have the Brooklyn Nets with a back from injury, Kevin Durant, versus a pretty consistent second round, third round team in the Boston Celtics. Uh, who do you have winning in this one, Sam? I got the Boston Celtics winning. Um, as much as, you know, I like the Brooklyn Nets, and I think that they're going to have a good enough season and they do have Kyrie and they get and they do got Kevin they got DeAndre they got some stars in the team but Boston is the better overall team you got Jason Tatum you got Jalen Brown you got Campbell Walker you got Daniel Tice you got like the, I don't know what is it but the Boston Celtics just seem to have a really good team but they just aren't always like they're just a really strong team when you look at them in paper and sometimes they're they aren't always able to put it together to go into deep playoff runs obviously they made it to the conference finals last year um, which was really good against Miami Heat but I just I'm taking them to win this game over the Brooklyn Nets. They're the better team in this situation. And I just, it's early on. So the chemistry between Kyrie and Kevin Darren is going to be a little bit off, I guess. And it's going to take some time to build as well. So I'm taking, I'm going to agree with you on this one again. Uh, I am taking the Celtics on this one. I think uh, Kyrie is going to have a decent game, but I think Kemba's going to have a better one. And I think, I mean, I don't know if they'd be guarding each other. They might put uh, Jalen Brown on Kyrie just to get that height advantage correct. But um, either way, I think Tatum, Tatum, Jason Tatum is a very interesting player because while he is a very good offensive player uh, and is very athletic, I think as well he is a underrated good defender uh, at the small uh, the small forward position. And I think uh, we saw it a few years ago. We've seen it in past with like matchups for, with LeBron and stuff like that. He is a decent guard for a decent uh, guard against LeBron. Uh, but I think he will put the clamps on Kevin Durant in this one. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for a young star, but I think he has the athleticism to stay with a Kevin Durant and there's, you're not going to hold him to like two points in the game, but you're at least going to minimize the damage because you know, he's going to be coming out uh, shooting no matter what uh, and scoring a bunch of points. But I think, I think the Celtics are the more complete team. uh, And I think they will take this one. I'm interested to see this one though, because it will be a very close matchup. Although just, just as a quick aside, 
I don't know what people's thoughts are on the Brooklyn Nets jerseys with and like the new court they're going with with the whole like I don't know if it's like chalk or chalk look or something like that the the colorful Nets jerseys I am not here for it I don't know what people's thoughts are on that but I'm I I haven't seen the jerseys I don't know what you're talking oh, about the court but um I'd have to take it's a look just, to see it's just a bit of a it's it's not it's not my thing personally but that's just that's just my thing but uh, anyways. Yeah, he's like he's like quick aside, but uh, anyways, moving on. To, moving game on to the next four, game. Four, we have the reigning champions, LA Lakers, versus the up and coming Luka Doncic led Dallas Mavericks. I think this one is going to be surprisingly more close than people think. Um, but either way, I do think the Lakers take this one. Uh, Doncic is going to have a very good game, I think. But I think the amount of pieces that the Lakers have, I don't see the Mavericks having a guard for Anthony Davis. Uh, at this current time, I mean, you could say Porzingis, but I don't think Porzingis is as good as a defender of Anthony Davis as people might think. And I think the Mavericks, while they are on the up and up, and I do think they are a good team to look out for this season. Uh, and I think Luca does have a very good chance of winning MVP this season. I don't think the Mavericks have as deep of a team as the Lakers do. And I think the Lakers will take this one. I think Dennis Schroeder will have a very important role to have uh, come game time. And I think that is going to be my take on that one. Lakers over Mavs. I know I'm, I'm tossing and starting between this game of who's going to win, because I think this game is going to be very close. So you got two very good teams, the defending champs versus the upcoming Dallas Mavericks with the young star, young stars and Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. But I think that with the power duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis overpowering the two stars of Luka and Kristaps, it's just not enough. Kristaps is not the same size, like height wise, but just weight. He's not the same physical size as Anthony Davis. I think Davis is just going to overpower him physically and is able going to be able to dominate inside the rim, inside the paint, and just put up like at least 20 plus points in the uh, in the paint, which I think is going to be key to them winning. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what the Mavericks can do, just like the Pelicans. They've got a youth core, like a young core, and uh, they've got an exciting team. And it's going to be interesting to see what they can do to a uh, challenging former, like, you know, finals and well, finals team, you know, in the LA Lakers. But I got the Lakers winning this one in a close one. Alrighty, and our last matchup. This one, I think there is a lot of good games and a lot of close matchups. And I think the NBA obviously planned that for these Christmas Day games. They want exciting television. But I think the closest one and the most, I think, up for debate one on who's going to win is this LA Clippers versus Denver Nuggets game. Uh, I want to get your thoughts first, Sam, because I... I know my take. You probably can guess my take based on my opinion of these two teams. Uh, but who are you taking in this one? The LA Clippers coming off a bit of a disappointing stretch uh, at the end of the season there, or the Denver Nuggets who uh, got oh so close and oh so far, but really just couldn't get past that Lakers team last season. Well, it's it's clear and obvious here. Like, you know, like Jamal Murray is from Kitchener. Like, he's a Kitchener boy. He's from Canada. They're there's a better team coming into this game. The LA Clippers, I think, are they're not going to win this game. Denver is going to take this game for two reasons mostly. You got Jamal Murray, you got Luka, you know, um, Nikola Jokic, one of the best centers. I'd say probably top top three centers of in the league right now, besides Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, when you look at the Clippers, it's all dependent on how well Kawhi, Paul George, and I guess really they can perform, but as well, how much like the chemistry has to be there because obviously Paul George just signed a recent contract extension. 
And I think there was some, you know, I think I had some like some issues with it. Was like maybe he's not worth the full Mac extension because you know, like, is he really? Has he proved like he did not perform well in the playoffs last season? He was underperforming, and I think this the window for winning is very it's closing very shortly, considering the other teams that are growing and becoming better in the league, like the Nuggets, like the Mavericks. Um, like other teams in the Western conference, like the Warriors are up and coming as well. They could be back to be another challenger. So it's like the Clippers last season was their really good chance to really show it to, to take it to the Lakers to beat them. And they didn't like, obviously they didn't play in the playoffs, but they just didn't perform well enough to even play them into the conference finals. So I think just for that reason as well. And for the other reasons, looking like with the abysmal off season that they had, like they lost Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, they did bring in Serge Ibaka. And I think he's going to be a big addition, but I think with Serge Ibaka, I think what I've noticed as well is the Raptors that, he has good nights and then he has bad nights. When he's good, he's really good. But when he's bad, he's really bad. Like there's no in between where he's going to average like a decent amount of points that he can be okay. He's going to be really good. And he's like, well, give this guy, you know, like a big contract or like he's going to be really bad to like trade him. Like he's, he needs to be. So I think that's kind of where they stand with, at least where I stand with having Serge Ibaka on the Clippers. And I think that he's just not going to be the answer really to their problems like he might help a little bit but i think that's going to be a big decision just big important thing to notice about this game but i'm taking the nuggets to win this game you know i, Mark I, Murray, I am also born. taking he's the nuggets gonna, he's gonna drop yeah, like 40 I think it's gonna be tough the only thing that is worrying me about jamal murray's specific performance is the uh guard of patrick beverly that's going to be guarding him in this one but i do think the nuggets will take this one i think the matchup the matchup doesn't really suggest it because obviously uh, defense versus offense and uh, Pat Bev versus uh, Jamal Murray, the, the Nuggets don't really have a technical guard for uh, Kawhi or Paul George, but I think Jokic is going to take over in this one. And I think Michael Porter Jr., while is going to have a tough time against a tough Clippers defense, I think he is going to really prove his worth this upcoming season. And I think he is going to actually not only uh, put up a decent amount of points, all things considered against a tough Clippers defense, but also I think he is going to be a, at least half decent guard against Paul George. I think Kawhi is just going to do his thing for this game. Uh, and it's going to be tough to stop him no matter what, but I think Michael Porter Jr. might be able to handle Paul George. And then I don't know, Gary Harris might be able to take the rest of the block, uh, rest of the burden under Kawhi, like trying to stop Kawhi. I don't really know what the Clippers are not. Uh, I don't know what the Nuggets really plan is for the guards in that game, but I do think the Nuggets win this one. I think they are the better team. And I think we will see that at the end of the season. All righty. That wraps up our NBA Christmas day game predictions. Moving on into our last topic of the end uh, of the day, we have finally an NHL season to talk about. It will be 50, 56 games officially starting January 13th. We have four mixed up new divisions, including the highly, highly anticipated all Canadian division. Uh, some teams like the Leafs, uh, Sens, I think the Canadians, Canucks and a few more American teams are still yet to have a confirmed home arena. Uh, just based on uh, province slash state restrictions and stuff in, in each city, depending on if there'll be, there might even be like a hub city for like the Canadian division, something like that. Uh, we don't really know exactly how the game weight is going to be. I think for the Canadian division, it's going to be, they're going to each, each team will play one team 10 times and then the rest they'll play nine times. But I don't know how that'll work out for the other divisions because they have another team than the Canadian one. Uh, but, uh, the rumor is, and the, uh, sorry, not the rumor, the confirm is that the top four teams in each division will make the playoffs. So we wanted to talk about who our top
top four in each division are going into this season, not in any particular order, but just who is the top four going into this. So starting off with the All-Canadian North Division, we have obviously the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Vancouver Canucks, and Winnipeg Jets. So uh, Sam, who do you think is going to be the top four teams in this division and making the playoffs for this All-Canadian division which i yeah am this is gonna be very super exciting for. i think many people many canadian hockey fans as well i think other hockey fans were super excited when this was possible because we got to see players like patrick line um connor mcdavid austin matthews all play against each other multiple times throughout the year which i think is going to create some great hockey and i think that's going to be super exciting to watch my top four for the north division are toronto or is toronto calgary winnipeg and montreal montreal i think is kind of like the fourth surprising team and i think that fourth team to coughed tough to put in but I think that Vancouver for me hasn't done enough as well to go into the season to really making positive moves Toronto has done a really good job I think Montreal people are underrated over the moves that they have made or really undervaluing the moves that they've made and I think Carey Price is going to have to have a he's going to have to have a good season obviously this year to for them to have success but I think that they could be a real sleeper in that division uh, but yeah Toronto obviously they've made some really great moves Calgary I think is going to be good as well as Winnipeg so I know it's surprising. I'm surprising that obviously I didn't put Edmonton in there, but I think that even with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I think they're going to have some other problems that are, that is going to prohibit them from uh, getting to that top four, which I think would be a bit surprising to some. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. I think um, my top four are going to be Toronto and Calgary. Obviously I think they are the best two teams in that division. They're going to be fighting it out for that number one seed. I think Toronto's moves they've made, I've praised them all off season long. I think Kyle Dubas has done a great job. Calgary as well has done a really great job. I think Johnny Goudreau is going to have a breakout season. And although they lost a bit of help on defense, they gained a much better goaltender in Jakob Markstrom. And I think that's going to be a very good team there. Uh, I am actually going to put in Montreal as well. I think they are a bit underrated. I think Carey Price is obviously going to have to do well for them this season. Uh, Max Domi missing out on him is going to be tough, but hopefully uh, Josh Anderson, the return in that deal, will be able to make up for that fact. And I am not including Winnipeg in mine. I am actually including Edmonton. Um, It is going to be tough for them because I – I really praise the fact of having a good goaltend, uh, good goaltending, and the Edmonton Oilers do not have that. And I think the only way they make this playoff is by slipping in as the fourth seed. Because while they are a pretty decent regular season team, it is they really do need the goaltending, especially against a lot of the high-powered offenses in this division. Uh, and I think the only way they do that is on the backs of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, and I think that'll really push them over the edge. And the reason I don't have Winnipeg in there is because they just lost their goaltender uh, and, uh, to Calgary. And uh, same with Vancouver, obviously. Um, actually, no, Winnipeg still is kind of a hell of a book. What am I saying? Um, but just based off of Winnipeg's performance last season, uh, to me, Patrick Laine has not been doing enough. Obviously, I think he needs to take a massive step forward this year if people – uh, if people want to respect him, there was obviously the rumors of possible trades before. Who knows what's going to happen with that? But uh, yeah, Vancouver, I would, I would also would have put on this list, but they obviously lost their goaltending as well and made some bit questionable moves. So my top four, just to recap, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, and Montreal. Moving on into the West Division, which includes the Anaheim Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Kings, the Wild, Sharks, Blues, and Golden Knights. Uh, I think 
it's pretty obviously top three in this division uh, between, I, I know you picked the same, Sam, with the Blues, Golden Knights, and Avalanche filling out the top three spots. And it's really going to come down to that fourth spot. I am putting in the Minnesota Wild. It's it's a real big toss-up between the bottom four in this uh, or in the fourth position for this division because a lot of these teams could either be average or very, very bad, and they don't really have a lot of positive upsides for each team. I think the Kings are going to be bad. The Sharks could be a bit better than people think, but also bad. Uh, the Coyotes just lost Taylor Hall, and eh, they were so injury-riddled last season, you don't know what their status could be. The Ducks are the Ducks. They're just old and not really going anywhere. So I'm going the Wilds. Uh, they're just a defensive team, and I think they might. Um, I'm not going to go with Minnesota Wild. I'm going to go with actually the Arizona Coyotes. I know just they do, barely sneak out a fourth uh, place. Who are you lose Taylor Hall to Buffalo to sign a one year deal. But I think even though with all the injuries last season they had, obviously they did not do great. But I think this season is going to be different for them. Looking like obviously, I'm not. I don't, I don't, I haven't watched a lot of hockey in a while. And I especially haven't watched a lot of West coast hockey, like with all these teams in the division, like obviously just watching these teams. So I really don't know exactly that fourth team is a toss up. So I just kind of threw in Arizona as a gimmick. Like I was like, ah, I'll, I'll pick Arizona. If they don't make it, it's not the end of the world, but definitely the top three are, are the same as you St. Louis, Vegas, Colorado. Those are the three favorites. I think Arizona for me is really just a, like a toss up in there, a free, a freebie really. Um, I didn't really put too much consideration in that picking for that fourth uh, pick. Yeah, that that is very, very fair. All right, moving on into the third division, the Central Division, which features the Hurricanes, Sam's Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, Stars, Detroit Red Wings, who if they make the playoffs, that'll surprise everybody. So I don't even think we can count them in this. Uh, the Florida Panthers, Nashville Predators and Stan- reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I have the Lightning obviously making the playoffs. If they don't, I'd be shocked. I have Dallas making the playoffs. If they don't, I'd be shocked. I have Carolina making the playoffs. If they don't, I'd be very shocked because I think that is a very good team. Uh, And I think I'm the fourth one is a bit of a tough one because Chicago could surprise some people, although they just kind of released in in the offseason that they're going to be tanking or trying to rebuild or do something along those lines. Although Dominique Kubelik, uh, could be a very valuable piece going forward. Blue Jackets, decent team. I just really don't want to see them in the playoffs after they what to do, after what they did to my Leafs last season. Same with Florida. I just don't like Florida, and I don't trust Sergei Bobrovsky after last season. So I'm going with Nashville if they can re-sign. I can't remember who. I think it's Mikhail Granlin that they still need to re-sign, who is a free agent out there. Uh, if they can re-sign him, I think – uh, Pecorine slipping into that backup role uh, behind. I can't remember. The yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I think the National life, Predators but, um, are going to be a great team. I think, and I think the National Predators are just going to barely team, slip in But I'm taking Columbus over this. I know, you know, obviously, and I'm actually probably picking them because of their great performance last year in the playoffs and as well the year before. Obviously, that's hard to tell. Because, okay, that was two years ago. How can you relate that to now? But regardless, they're still a good team in – uh, in the NHL, and I think that they're going to be that fourth seed that's going to sneak in there past every other team because, yeah, as well, Chicago isn't looking great. Yeah, they did sign Dominic Kubelik. Um, they re-signed him, which I think is going to be important. He's a great star for them, a future star. Um, I picked Carolina, Dallas, and Nashville, obviously – no, not Nashville, Tampa as the top three because those are the clear favorites. Carolina did a really good job last season uh, busting uh, – um, 
boosting up their stock, which I think was key. Uh, Detroit is just terrible. Chicago, not great. Florida, yeah, not great. But for me, Nashville's like, yeah, they did. I believe that it was a Russian goaltender that they drafted. I forget his name as well. Paskov backing up uh, Pekka Rene, which I think is being key. They do need to resign Michael Granlin, Granlin, which is going to be interesting to see if they can do that or not. But I think I just like Columbus. Paskarov, you know, yeah. As that fourth Paskarov. team again, as that just, you know, pick a team. They, they could be a team that has a lot of grit, that has a lot of um, – uh, focus and, and a lot of determination and I think that they could they could surprise a lot of people so I'm taking them forth definitely John Tortorella could be a huge factor for them in that division uh, righty. the last division here probably the most contested division and probably most toss-up for who could really make the playoffs because outside of the Devils and probably the Buffalo Sabres any other of these uh, any four of the other six teams probably could make the playoffs here I'm going with the Washington Capitals although they are a bit worrisome for me because they do not have a solid enough goaltender right now in my opinion we'll see how that goes for the rest of the season Pittsburgh obviously it's hard to bet against Sidney Crosby I'm going with the Flyers again. I think Carter Hart is an outstanding goaltender and their offense will just barely be enough to sneak them into playoff position. As well, we saw them have a very solid season last year. Uh, and I'm going the surprise New York Rangers. Uh, I'm not going Boston because I don't want to see them. And I think with Pasta out for the first little bit of the season, that's going to be tough for them. I also think the Islanders, who knows what's, what's going to happen with Matt Barzell, if he'll be signed to an RFA contract by them. We could see a situation like Nylander a few years ago where there could be a holdout for a bit. We'll see how that goes, uh, which I think could affect his position with the team. I'm going the Rangers. I think their offense will show up. I think uh, they have two solid goaltenders there, not star goaltenders, but two solid enough goaltenders. And I think Lafreniere is going to have a good season. Panera is going to have another good season. And I think this Rangers team is going to surprise a few people, but also not go to like the Stanley cup. I think they are a solid three or four seed in this division. But like I said, this division is going to be very tough. Yeah, I would agree with you mostly. I don't, I don't see Buffalo, New Jersey, or Boston making it really with Pasternak being out. Honestly, originally when I was picking teams, like oh Boston, but then I heard that Pasternak was out for their first half of the season. It's like no, it's not going to happen. Um, the Islanders, I'm taking as my Islanders, Rangers, Washington, and Pittsburgh as my four teams that are making it in. Um, I don't see Philadelphia making it in. Yeah, as well as Carter Hart is a great you know goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers and all that great season last year. Um, I think the Islanders can bounce back of some of the success they had in the previous previous seasons and the previous playoff runs. And I think that they're going to be that fourth team to sneak in there. Washington as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can do well, because I know they did just lose. Um, who is it? Uh, Lundqvist, Lundqvist as well. So the goaltender situation is going to be interesting as well. Pittsburgh, you can't bet against Sidney Crosby. The Islanders is very interesting. I think those are kind of the two other sneak teams, sneaky teams in there. Uh, but yeah, again, it's a toss-up. You could really pick any of those for the six teams. But I think that those are kind of those are my picks for the top four in the East Division. All righty, that wraps up our NHL season segment uh, regarding who our top four teams in each division that will make the playoffs for this finally announced NHL season. That wraps up this episode of season two of On the Rest podcast. Quick side note: there will be uh, there will not be a second episode this week uh, because of Christmas, just as an FYI. But you should still follow our Instagram at Rise Podcast. Listen in on MidtownRadio.ca and visit our website on the Rise Podcast.ca. We'll see you next week, and we hope you all have a merry Christmas.